Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends podcast. Thank Thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This is a podcast where you get to learn more about your friends and community, their wisdom, their trials and tribulations, timeless insights and their secrets. Now, let's get into the show. Please welcome your host, Cal Aras. Hello friends, uh, this is Cal Ross and uh, welcome to another episode of the Wisdom of Friends show and thank you for tuning in. This talk show is a social experiment which relies on the feedback and support of our listeners like you. Each of these interviews, they're typically friendly conversations, consists of me trying to interview fascinating, inspiring, neglected people in our community who are living extraordinary lives. And I capture and share their wisdom and celebrate their life. We dig deeper into their life's journey, their goals, their struggles, and their aspirations. We discover how they came to identify their purpose in life, their values, and the philosophy on success and contribution. As the Zen practitioners would say, having a beginner's mind helps us see possibilities And my goal with these interviews is to extract that wisdom from these conversations and share it with you so that you can apply it to your own life. Hello, friends. Uh, Welcome to episode 10 of uh, Wisdom of Friends talk show. I'm your host, Cal Ross. And today I'm really delighted and excited to be uh, introducing you to a very special friend of mine. His name is John Gonzalez. John was born and raised in Washington State and currently is a partner and owner at Deloitte Consulting Company, which is the largest professional services firm in the globe. He works with tech and life sciences companies, including startups in both an audit and advisory capacity. He especially loves working with startups, including helping them through the initial public offering process. He leads their recruiting process and works on creating an inclusive culture in Seattle for the audit and assurance practice. John is passionate about children, especially in education and sports. He serves as a treasurer at the Brightwater Waldorf School, which is focused on cultivating creative minds, capable hands, and compassionate hearts. In his spare time, he coaches children's baseball teams. At work and in his personal life, John is committed to leadership and personal development, connection, and contribution. He loves spending time outdoors and traveling, and he's been married to Kim and is a father of three young, energetic boys, Julian, Quinn, and Dominic. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you will enjoy this conversation. We talk about family, we talk about coaching, we talk about leadership, and he uh, shares some amazing insights that has helped him become successful in his life and his career. So without further ado, please help me welcome the one and only John Gonzalez. Good evening, uh, John. Uh, welcome to the Wisdom of Friends uh, podcast. I'm really excited that you took some time to be on the show. And let me start off by saying uh, my first impressions of you. Uh, the first time I met you was in Seattle uh, a couple of years ago. At, uh, it was at a leadership uh, workshop. And what stood out for me was just your calm demeanor and, uh, and your communication skills. Because when you stood up and shared about your experience uh, from this program, because you had already done the program before, we could literally see the pin drop silence in the audience because people were mesmerized by your sharing. And you were uh, very enrolling. And uh, we were all looking forward to the program uh, because of your sharing. So I just wanted to say uh, that was my first impression of you. And I could totally... uh, at that point uh, had made up my mind that you are a powerful leader in the community and uh, when I was looking at inviting guests on the show 
uh, you were the first person that came to mind, and uh, so we finally made uh, plans to have you on the show. So I'm really excited uh, to get you on the show. So uh, the one of the first things, um, John, uh, that I we like to start off our interview is by asking our guest is uh, what's your favorite quote or philosophy that you live by and how have you applied it to your life? Uh, yeah, so it's a Napoleon Hill quote. Um, Whatever the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve. Um, you know, I the last, you know, 10 years, um, you know, in my career have been, you know, the growth that I've had um, has been been phenomenal and same with the people around me and it was about um, seven years ago um, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my career and I I made a decision um, that I wanted to be a partner at my firm um, one of the leading um, professional services firm in the world and I, from that moment, I, I made the decision that I that I could actually be a partner, and that really just set me on a different path. Um, you know, decisions came easier. My view on you know view on life, my excitement for my work, totally changed. And um, ever since then, you know, I I put myself on that path and didn't look back and and you know didn't give up. And um, three years ago, so. Three years ago, roughly about this time, I was I was admitted to the firm's um, partnership and became a partner, became a an owner of the firm. Congratulations on that. That's uh, thank you. That's uh, excellent. So, what I'm curious about, John, is uh, your journey up until this point. Uh, so, what did your parents do, and uh, how did that shape your life growing up? Yeah. So, my parents. Um, so they were, you know, married in in the 1970s. Um, they were one of the, f- you know, a very f- first in the area of a mixed race. So my dad's uh, Mexican and my mom's white, or Caucasian. Um, they they started their own business. Um, my dad ran a grocery store initially, and my mom um, started, you know, we started having kids. My two older sisters, um, they didn't go to college or finish college. Um, so they started a business. So they um, were actually a franchise owner of a 7-Eleven for a number of years. And um, my parents have owned the 7-Eleven. They've owned, um, I've operated farms. And now they own a, a fast food um, sit-down restaurant in eastern Washington. And kind of my early childhood growing up was was learning really the value of work. Um, I went to the I went to 7-Eleven every day, learned how to work on a cash, cash register from a very young age, you know, help my parents anyway and every way around, uh, around, around the store. And I, you know, that happened from the age of five all the way up until, you know, I went off to college. That's so great. Uh, and uh, were you involved in uh, any kind of sports uh, at all growing up? Were there any uh, specific uh, sports that you like to play or... Yeah, I I love um, I love playing baseball. Love coaching baseball. Um, I I grew up um, in a small town. I I did every sport you can imagine. I played football. I played basketball. I wrestled. I um, was on the swim team for a number of years, and then played played lots of baseball all the way up until the time that I went to went to college. Yeah, and uh, one of the things I'm looking at your bio that you like coaching children's uh, baseball teams. Yeah. Tell us about that experience. Uh, How did that start and what is it about coaching that that you find uh, fulfilling? Yeah, so it was uh, last summer. Um, So the kind of the background is my wife actually is a former pro softball player. (laughs) And a college softball coach. Um, So she, you know, always this view um, that, you know, she's the coach in the family and I'm, I'm the dad and I just go and support my kids. And when they want to go to the field, I help them. Um, one of my sons made his all-star team last year and it just happened that I was one of the dads that knew a lot about baseball and they needed someone to help out. And so I, I did and, you know, always had a fear about coaching for some, for some odd reason, specifically baseball. I don't know what it was, but I, you know, I got over that and um, 
you know, since last summer I coached their all-star team. We won our regional tournament, which was phenomenal for, for the kids. Congratulations. Um, and what I really, that, that tournament was, um, we, we normally, normally we, all of our tournaments are coach pitch. So the kids get used to the throwing of the coach. For the regional tournament, they had to move into um, using a machine, which it comes a lot faster and the kids actually have to have more skill with hitting. Um, and so that's really the kind of the really what I really valued in seeing, like teaching them how to quickly, you know, in- increase their bat speed, being able to hit the ball a lot faster in a short period of time. You know, over a weekend, we trained them um, in live play how to hit this, you know, pitching machine, which was coming a lot faster. And so seeing them just have success and, you know, seeing kids that, you know, they had had failures overcome and seeing the success and then ultimately winning that tournament um, where everyone was hitting, which was pretty, pretty phenomenal. Oh, I'm sure. It's, uh, and congratulations on your son making the all-star team. That's uh, fantastic. Yeah. So growing up, John, um, were, were there any mentors or uh, celebrities that you uh, looked up to or that you wanted to emulate or that inspired you or you modeled yourself after? And if so, uh, who were they? Um, yeah, I would say Ken Griffey Jr. was like, you know, my my favorite celebrity sports player. I mean, he was just phenomenal, naturally gifted. And that just I naturally was, you know, gravitated towards that but realistically my biggest mentor was my dad Mm. um and my mom you know being able to you know to see the value of hard work the value of relationships and what that you know to to make a living um you know not the traditional way in a small town um so you really get to see you know what it is um you know that that really people are challenged with in in life and I saw right away that you know the you know the value of hard work and I learned at an early age um you know what that really really meant um and still still something that today that I still you know I value you know value that when I'm evaluating recruits or I'm evaluating team members and you know the willingness to work hard and work for something is is high on my on my priority list in, in many cases Absolutely. Uh, hard work is essentially one of the key traits uh, for any professional or any individual who wants to have any amount of success. Uh, the other thing that I'm also curious about, John, is that uh, with every successful people that I've talked to, they've encountered some kind of challenges or adversities. And they look at adversities and failures in a different way. It's uh, They use that as a stepping stone to move on to something bigger or uh, even more higher. So what were one or two biggest challenges that you faced in your life and how did you overcome those? And and the second part of the question is what lessons did you learn from them that you helped you navigate uh, going forward? Yeah, so the first, I'd say my first real challenge was was after my freshman year of college. Um, I I went to Seattle University, had a fairly substantial scholarship, and uh, my freshman year, I I I didn't focus on academics and um, got off to a very rough start. And I was on academic probation and and had to perform. And you know, my parents, we can't afford to send you there if you don't have your scholarship. So there was you know pressure, and you know there was you know, I felt like a failure of not being able to, you know, get the minimum grade point average when I'd had in the past. Um, so, I mean, really what I, what I really learned there is, um, you know, prioritization, you know, really, you know, prioritization and focus in, um, you know, what was important in the long run, getting good grades was, you know, more important than, um, at the time than, you know, going out every night and hanging out with the buddies or going and playing video games or, you know, constantly, you know, focusing on things that normal, you know, college kids. And I, I learned that I had to be a little bit different. 
and and put more focus on it um, and and really you know have that prioritization so that's um, that's one um, I'd say to my um, during my career um, I as an, I'm you know my one of the things for my career I I get um, evaluated I get inspected and my work wasn't up to par it wasn't what it was wasn't what I was supposed to do, um, supposed to be and um, I had to really look look at myself in the mirror and said you know what are my blind spots as it has um, related to you know my 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 work that I was doing and um, I was moving too quickly through it um, I wasn't putting the attention the detail that needed um, and, and also collaborating with the right people um, to get, you know, my work completely to be complete and accurate. Um, that's a couple things, challenges that I've had in my in my career. Got it. And so uh, what I'm hearing you share, John, are specific traits uh, that every leader acquires during the course of his life. And the through line, if I look at your uh, sharing up until now, right from the childhood up until what you are uh, uh, doing in the Fortune 500 uh, uh, world, if you will, is hard work rates way up there for you. And the second thing also is priorities, knowing what to focus on and uh, and the importance of uh, teamwork and uh, collaboration and leadership is also something that I, I, can, uh, I can deduce from your sharing is yeah. what's important to you. So uh, what I'm curious about, John, is having been through uh, this ebb and flow of life, as we like to call it, uh, what's your definition of success and how would you define greatness? Yeah, so my, I mean, my definition for success is, um, I mean, it's individualized. Um, I like to not compare, you know, me to a competitor or me to someone else or you to someone else it's you know what do I define as success for myself um you know I I think you know there's always the okay well do I put the bar high enough or you know I my view is you need to have lofty goals and you know there may be multiple goals with inside of a, a big goal and um really obtaining that big goal is is really what success um is is ultimately defined at um but I think inside of that overall success can be greatness in individual task or individual goals that you have. Um, you know, if you have eight things you need to do, do it great. Do it the way that it's supposed to be done. Don't leave anything out. Put everything in and um, give it your all. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, um, really what it comes down to for me. Yes. And uh, how would you define greatness? Um Again, it's I I think it's individualized, and I I think it's the it's the way that someone goes about doing something, mm. right? If it's you know do it to its fullest, right? Right. If if you ask me to get a cup of water, you know, you know, you ask what how do you want it? You know, is there ice in it? And you know what temperature? You know, all of those types of things. Even though it's just a glass of water. It's a great glass of water. Yes. Um, and it's it's in everything that you do. Um, so I just don't think it's, you know, this big, you know, it doesn't have to be this massive thing that you're, you know, that, to say you're great. It can be individualized. It can be, you know, in everything that you do. That is so uh, inspiring, John. Thank you for sharing that. And, and I think uh, what I'm uh, gathering from this uh, particular sharing is that greatness is individualized, but... At the same time, do your best no matter how small the task is. And yeah. uh, nothing is so trivial that uh, you take your attention away from it. And uh, so, no, that's very inspiring. Uh, so what are some of the things, uh, and I want to get to coaching. I know coaching is a passion of yours uh, in uh, at work as well as in the community. And, and you've coached me as well as part of my uh, yep. Non-profit global contribution uh, initiative projects that uh, we've done in the past, and uh, and I want to get to that in a bit here. But I would like to also uh, find out some of your uh, hobbies and interests that uh, you like to do on your spare time, and uh, what are those? 
Um, I have three kids, so I have three young boys, and you probably see that in my bio. I have a 10, 8, and 5-year-old. Um, they're very active, very energetic, and they they love dad being around. So I devote a lot of my time, my extra free time to them. It's, you know, they're all different. Um, my two older boys like to spend time with me, you know, on a baseball field, watching a baseball game, watching a basketball game, um, doing random facts about um, the Mariners or the Supersonics or whatever it is. Um, my younger son loves to be outside, loves to take on projects. And so um, there's lots of things with him that I like to do. Um, my wife and I love to travel. Um, that's really something that we that we, we take on every year. We, we have this, uh, we call it our adult vacation. Um, we created it out of a program I was in that, you know, my wife and I needed our time together, you know, for ourselves um, for a week. We go every, you know, once or twice a year. We actually have expanded it now to once or twice where we get to nice. go, um, get to go by ourselves and have, you know, adult time. My mom, my mom watches a kid. We don't leave him home by himself. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's great. Now I know. Didn't you just recently come back from Japan? And uh, what was that trip like? Yeah, Japan was was phenomenal. It was a trip that was three years in the making. Um, my my wife is half Japanese or a quarter Japanese, excuse me. And um, her great or her grandma was is from Japan, born and raised. Came over. Um, in the 50s with a military man. My mother-in-law was, was born short a, shortly after they moved. Um, so we got to go back. Um, she was born and raised in Kyoto. So we got to go and see um, you know, where she was from. Uh, we went to a, a World UNESCO or a UNESCO World Heritage Site where great-grandparents were, were buried. Um, got to have a traditional Japanese ceremony. And then we moseyed on over to this uh, Japanese garden um, that is attached to it, um, to this shrine. And her grandfather was the architect of the tea house um, on this, on the, in this garden. So we got to see his original drawings and, and really got to spend time where, where her family, you know, was from. Um, it was really, really moving. Um, you know, food was great. Um, you know, really, you know, it was very, um, good to see, you know, that my, my fam or that Kim's parents and, um, and her aunt and her siblings got to see where they, where their family came from. That's so great. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, listening to you share that, uh, has inspired me to, uh, take a trip to Japan, uh, because that's one of the things, uh, I personally like to do is to take one international trip a year. Uh, as you know, I just got back from Spain and I've been raving about my trip to Spain. It's another one of those uh, uh, fantastic destinations that I highly recommend. So switching gears, John, and I want, this is uh, where we uh, try to address some of the questions that we get from our audiences. And this is related to the coaching aspect of uh, your life. So in your opinion, and having coached uh, so many individuals and kids and employees at work, and so what's, uh, what do you think stops people from achieving their full potential? Um, you know, I'd say a few things. I think, um, you know, my Napoleon Hill quote is, you know, whatever you, you believe you can achieve. I think there's fear in, in that statement, and, and a lot of times people one, don't know what they actually want to achieve and what they want. Um, so there's a, you know, consciousness around, okay, what are, what are my actually my goals? What do I want to, who do I want to impact? What do I want to achieve in life? What do I want to achieve with my family? What do I want to achieve with my children? Those types of things. Like, what do I actually want to get out of, out of my life? So that's one. And then there's also a lot of, a lot of fear in, in that not believing they can achieve, um, you know, their goals. Um, and then three, I think it's not having the, the necessary support structure that you need in order to, you know, to achieve a big goal. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, one thing I've learned from my family is, is family is important. Um, and family all looks different for everyone. But, you know, I have my work family, and I have my friends family. And, and really, it's that that group that, um, you know, can, can help you 
achieve what you want. Oh, that's so great. Uh, having clarity of purpose and and having a support structure. And uh, as uh, we all uh, very well know, having a coach definitely helps you identify your blind spots. That definitely makes such a big difference. Yeah. So have you noticed any uh, difference in your coaching style when it comes to employees as well as uh, versus uh, younger kids? Or is it the same? Or what's been your experience? Or how would you say... Uh, that differs from uh, work to uh, social lives and yeah I think um, you know everyone's different right I talked about being individualized and coaching has to be individualized and um, you know there are some that need tough love and you can just shoot it to them straight and there's others that you know you need to walk you need to have that journey and some it's maybe baby steps um and some you just tell them what they need to go do and they go out and do it. And they're self, you know, motivated self-starters. So there isn't, you know, there isn't a one size fits all and it, it depends. And it, it really comes down to getting to like know them, getting to, you know, really connect with them and what's important to them. Um, you know, I had a co- you know, one of the coaches I've worked with and he's John, when you are in your when you're stuck on something when you when you get fixated on the negative how do i bring you out what's the thing if you you know what motivates you what drives you um and i you know for me it's family you know hey does is this in line with how you want to be a parent or how you want your kids to see you and it's well no it's not i get pulled out from from it from that negative thinking or you know, whatever it is, or being stuck in a rut and can't see my way out of it, that's how I get pulled out. And so it's it's really spending, sitting down and working with, you know, mentees, coaches around what's that thing that's going to bring you back? What's the thing that's going to drive you to, you know, want to um, achieve, achieve something? And refocus what the real goals yeah. are and priorities and and one of the things, John, I must mention here is that uh, having uh, worked with you in the past, uh, that one trait I've noticed about you is that you are you use the approach of Socratic questioning and training. And for those of our audience, it's uh, it's not telling the individual what to do, but asking them questions that they have their own internal realizations as to what's missing. And that's something that I've noticed uh, that you do quite often. And that's something I admire the quality that you have. Uh, Because oftentimes we get pulled into telling someone what to do so that they can go ahead and do it. But I think in your case, you also allow them to learn from that experience and figure out a way to uh, own that experience as well going forward. So just wanted to mention that. One of the things, John, uh, so I'm also... uh, curious about is uh, I know you are a powerful leader in the community and uh, you lead one of the top uh, work at the top consulting companies in the in the globe Deloitte Consulting Uh, so have there any books or seminars or workshops that uh, that you would recommend that has helped shape you and your thinking Um, yeah I I love books you know, one one that has helped shape me is Four Agreements. Um, that's one book. Um, I'd say Think and Grow Rich um, is another one. I use the Napoleon Hill quote. I really like that. Um, I think it's David Schwartz. Um, Think Big. I can't remember the exact title, but I think it's it's something around um, Dream Big, Think Big. Um, I've listened to a lot of a lot of podcasts, a lot of um, a lo- lot of lot of things, but the strangest secret by Earl Nightingale is another one that's quick, thirty minutes, um, very practicable. That's I mean I'm very simplistic in in some regards, and that and that that podcast is thirty minutes. It's very simple. It gives you ten things to focus on that you can focus on every day, and it takes thirty thirty days to to. To, to focus on it. No, that's so great. Uh, Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. It's uh, one of my favorites as well. And we'll include all these in the show notes uh, for the benefit of our audience. One question, uh, John, and we're going to take a walk down the memory lane here. Okay. And a hypothetical situation. If you, let's say we had a time machine, if you could go back in time 
and talk to your young self, your 25-year-old self or a 20-year-old self, what advice would you give him? Um, it's something from Earl, Earl Nightingale um, that says, you know, I think he, he talks about R&D, research and development, and it's really in yourself, right? That um, no company does not invest in themselves. Um, and so that's the one of the 10 things that he talks about. And really, it's investing in yourself, reading books, um, you know, that are going to grow you, you know, attend seminars, um, you know, self-help, motivational speaking, um, you know, work on yourself. Um, and it's not that you need to be changed. It's but if you want to achieve, you know, greatness in your own life. You know, you you do sometimes need an expanded, you know, expansion of yourself and what you're really capable and what you can actually achieve, um, because that the part around if you can get yourself to believe it, these workshops, you know, are intended to help expand what you can actually believe, um, and actually gives you time to focus on, you know, the things that really matter to you. Um, and I didn't do, you know, I didn't really start working on myself. Um, in the context of personal development, um, probably in, you know, until my, my early 30s. Um, so for, you know, the last six or seven years is kind of, you know, intense hyper-focus around, you know, personal development. Uh, I couldn't highly recommend uh, personal development because for me, that's been one of the biggest differences that, uh, that's been, uh, as far as my successes are concerned, and and it's like going back to the process of Kaizen, which is the Japanese uh, methodology of continuous and never-ending improvement. Mm -hmm. And that's usually done in the manufacturing setting, but you yeah. could apply that same principle into your own life and constantly look at ways to, you know, enhance your skill set or your relationship skills or uh, gaining new experiences. And yeah. uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, which you as for as uh, constantly uh, learning and growing and investing in yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I to add, I, I mean, it, my view, you know, is, you know, I could be a good dad, go the way that I am and still be a good dad, but that wasn't, that wasn't what I wanted to be. That's not what I was committed to. I was committed to being a great dad. And so that, you know, personal development, you know, has helped me see blind spots that I have in, you know, when I, you know, have a conversation with my son and I get upset, it helps me to see, you know, to bring some context to it, to bring some, some life to why I'm upset about something or what, why I reacted the way that I, that I have, even though I'm, I'm still a good dad, like, but I don't want to be good. I want to be great. And so that, that has helped me expand my, my ability to be a great dad. No, that is so inspiring, and it's a lesson for all of us to use that as an example to constantly uh, stretch ourselves to uh, uh, be our best, no matter what it is. And it goes back to uh, the conversation we had earlier about uh, bringing a glass of water. It doesn't matter what area of life it is. Uh, it may seem trivial, but really uh, focusing on achieving greatness, yeah. and uh, that's that's so great. Yeah, just to add, a, a, you know, Japan. One of the things I I noticed that our entire family noticed that Kyoto is a big city. It's bigger in size than Seattle, mm. but it is pris, pristine. Wow! And you know, we started talking to the cab drivers about why is that. And it's, it's their job to have a clean car, you know, as a cab driver, have a clean car, vacuum, clean it and wash it every day, which, you know, in the U.S., that's not the, that's not the standard. Yeah. Um, but that's greatness in my mind. Right. You get into a car, that a cab that's from the 1970s and it still is pristine. That's that's beautiful. That's success. That's it, greatness. That is indeed greatness. And uh, it's... So it's it's like raising your standards, but also backing it up with rituals and making sure that you're living it day in and day yeah. out. And uh, that's a perfect example of that. So, John, we're going to switch gears. And this is uh, our, uh, the next section of our uh, show, and it's called uh, Rapid Fire Round. 
And in this uh, section, I'm going to ask you uh, some quick questions, and you're going to respond to it. Whatever is the first thing that comes okay. to your mind. Uh, of course, you can elaborate on it if uh, if you feel like. But again, this is the rapid fire round. So, John, are you ready? Yeah. All right. So the first question for you, John, is what rock star has impressed you? Uh, the Pearl Jam lead singer. Hmm. Drawing a blank on his name. Right <laughs> <laughs> Be totally honest. <laughs> That's Eddie Vedder. Eddie okay, Vedder. there we go. <laughs> All right, so the second question I have for you is, uh, whose brain would you like to pick? Jesus. Hmm. The third question I have for you is, if you could be successful in another profession, what would you choose? Professional baseball player? Oh, wow, I like that. <laughs> uh, what color describes you best? Royal blue. Mm. A single most valuable thing you've learned in life? Relationships are key. Mm. If you could ask God one question... What would that be? What was it like for you to give up your only son? Mm. And the final rapid fire round question for you, John, is if you could have any message of your choice on a billboard, what would that be? Message? Um, it's a tough one. You are loved. Oh, I like that. Love and kindness. That's uh, beautiful. So uh, this is uh, moving on to our final section of our interview here. And uh, the question I have for you, John, is uh, what is your current uh, personal passion project and what are you looking forward to uh, in the next six months to a year from now? Um, it's at work. Um, I've been asked to build a service line um, in Seattle, um, a new service line. And it's, um, you know, I think the first year was just go out and figure it out. And um, we did well and just go out and win new work. It doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. Um, and then now it's uh, it's really, you know, Okay, we got to do it again, and it's really having the substance and structure, the integrity of of you know of that delivery and how we're going to go to market. So, really, it's about putting structure in into something that was fairly unstructured. Yeah, got it. Uh, it's uh, quite an exciting challenge to yeah. look forward to. Uh, what are three things uh, you're grateful for in life today? Um. I'm grateful for the opportunities that I have, um, you know, in life, um, at work, my family. Um, I'm grateful um, for my parents. Um, they're phenomenal people and have given me a lot. And then I'm I'm really grateful for my wife. Um, she's a stay-at-home mom and really provides me the freedom and the, the support to go out and, and be big and kind of be awesome at work and awesome in life. That's so great, and uh, yes, uh, she is uh, an inspiring leader for the community as well, as she leads uh, seminars and workshops uh, as well, and uh, own leader in her own right, so that's so great. Uh, so, John, I just uh, want to acknowledge you before we wrap up our show here, is uh, for a couple of things. One, for being a generous human being, uh, for giving your time to projects that uh, make such a big difference in the community. Uh, under your leadership, there are people out there in the community that I talk to uh, often uh, that have really enhanced their own leadership skills as a result. And then for being such a great dad and uh, and someone who invests in himself and constantly learns and grows and, and values family and relationships. I mean, that's such an inspiring role model that you are for the community. And 
And it's such a privilege and an honor to know you as uh, as a friend and uh, somebody that uh, I admire. And I'm so appreciative of the fact that uh, uh, I've gotten to know you over the last uh, few years. And it's uh, really been uh, an amazing ride. So, uh, so thank you. Thank you, Cal. This was awesome. I had a fun time. It was phenomenal. And I'm glad I can contribute to you and your friends, the community as a whole. And I, I really, I really love what you're doing here with the podcast. I think there's a lot of valuable information, um, from everyday human beings, which is cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. And one final question, and this is how we wrap up our show is why do you think people should listen to the wisdom of friends? I think the I think people should listen to wisdom of friends because it's 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 down to earth. It's average people who want to do great things that have great thoughts um, and have stuff to contribute or have have things to contribute to to everyone in the world. That's so great. Again, John, thank you so much for your time and candid answers. I really appreciated our conversation. And with that, for those of us uh, who are listening. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up and if you liked uh, what you heard please share don't be shy thanks for listening to the Wisdom of Friends show with Cal Aras if you like what you just heard we hope you'll pass along our web address theglobalcontribution.com to your friends and colleagues be sure to check out our archive section on our website for previous episodes this has been a 7 Symphonies production join us next time for another edition of the Wisdom of Friends